Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. Hello, everyone. Happy end of March, I guess it is. This is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from... I was ready to say the happiest place on earth. Well, I guess happy is depends on your point of view. And I always thought that was interesting when they said that about Disney World. The happiest place on earth. Uh, is it really the happiest place on earth? Is there no one there that's not in anguish over something inside them? Are the people waiting 300, well, 300 feet, 300 people deep to get on? I, I don't even know if it's a ride, Peter Pan's Wild Ride, or Dumbo, or the Pirates of the Caribbean. Are they super happy? They should be. You know, you should be. If you go to an amusement park, you're there to be amused, and you should be happy. So I guess the same thing goes here. And it should be that way when you're... I guess people say I have a right to be unhappy. I have a right to be unhappy. And why, why? I mean, these people that go out and they suffer the company of others. You know what I mean? They're just out there trying to get by, but they're miserable. It's almost like that drowning person that tries to take other people down with them. You can't rejoice for other people's happiness or achievements and things like that. And yeah, I understand things don't always go your way. But if you're able to really enjoy it in other people's accomplishments, you know, that probably it wouldn't make your life more miserable, would it? What makes your life more miserable is yourself. And we work with them, we live with them, we associate with them. Why we would associate with people like that? I guess, you know, some beggars can't be choosers. So some people will take the company of sad people over no company at all. And I don't know what it's like to be that alone. So who am I to judge? But it would be nice if they knew that it wasn't a thing they had to do. And what made me think about this is when I'm doing my job, I have to think. Sometimes when you're working, and here I am, the Keys bartender, but I also have other jobs, there's less enjoyable things with your job. There's less, almost any job doesn't have its downs. Things you don't like to do as much. Right? I mean, I can think of a plumber. You know, when you have to go in there, go into pretty shitty situations, pun intended. 
uh, electricians. I'm going with the tradesmen right now, but then there's doctors, lawyers, all sorts of things. Lawyers, oh my God. How many, I mean, I guess there's patent lawyers where they're coming up working on a patent for a miracle drug that's going to save a lot of people's lives. That's kind of exciting. But, uh, and dentists, I mean, there's teeth cleaning, there's changing people's lives, right? Fixing their teeth. That could change your life, their perspective. But there's, you know, downsides to those jobs too. And I'm not going to go into the downsides. I'm going to go to the upsides. And any job, when, when is it a good idea to really go and say, that's not part of my job description? When you could easily perform the task that was asked about you and it probably wouldn't deter you from accomplishing your task that you have before you. I get that in the, in the restaurant. When people see you run around doing other things, taking care of everyone, answering the phone, writing things down, checking on people, see how they're doing. You know, if someone's not looking too happy with something they have, it's, you know, you could be opening up a can of worms by walking up to someone that looks like they're unhappy and saying, hey, is there anything uh, you'd like? I mean, it's a leading question saying something along the lines of, hey, everything great? You know, you're, you're prompting them. So when you go up to, hey, folks, can I get you anything? Do you need refills? You know, things like that. Uh, or someone seems confused or they're having a discussion and looking at the menu and you try to ask them, oh, do you need to modify something? Do you have a problem? Some people do come into the place and they have a million questions. They have a limited, and it sounds like I'm telling the description to someone that's a troublemaker, but they're not troublemaker. It's just, it would appear that if you have a list of things you need to have and you have to check them off and have all those things to be happy, it's very hard to satisfy you. I understand there's people with dietary restrictions, shellfish allergies, peanut allergies, all sorts of things. And they come in and they say, well, listen, I have, a, I have a shellfish allergy. I really can't eat anything that's been fried in with that, the same oil that shellfish is fried in. And then they say, well, I would stay away from all fried items. Maybe you can do something pan. We can do a pan-fried thing for you then we can absolutely guarantee you that it's not. Right? There's always a way around it. Uh, but there's other people they have to have. They have one thing they like, and it seems like they're setting themselves up, setting booby traps for themselves, for their happiness. They're going, I knew I was going to have a good time. I knew this place wasn't going to work out. I knew this wasn't. Imagine your life being like that. There was a character like that in the court in uh, Saturday Snidely Whiplash, or I don't know what the name. It was a dog, maybe, who's always depressed. But imagine everywhere you, you go, expecting the worst, always expecting the worst, being that quintessential Debbie Downer that was on Saturday Night Live and just saying to you, 
when you walk into work, it's going to be miserable. Or when you're running, <clears throat> you're running into someone you had a bad experience with, or you expect it to be miserable. I had a uh, a for instance, and this happened two days ago. I was working, and we were under a little pressure. We had a crowd, and there was a couple that came in that the last time I had seen them was on a a very busy holiday that celebrated with the image of Cupid. Yeah, it was Valentine's Day and we were swamped. And the person was intoxicated and they were complaining about the time of the food that was, how long it was going to take to come out. And I said it was very busy. We were well above our normal capacity and they say, how can you be above capacity if you have the room? So, well, we normally don't seat everyone, and we expanded the seating area. And we, we just don't have the experience for that. So, yes, it's probably our mistake through carelessness of expanding our seating. But it is a holiday, and usually people have those, their expectations of waiting alleviates their expectations of being pissed. But a lot of people are waiting to get pissed off. And this person was drinking, and I think... That set off. They were drinking, drinking, <clears throat> not just a couple of drinks. They were they were intoxicated when he came, and they were complaining about the time, inflating the amount of time, going back and forth. And there was other customers that were kind of attacking them verbally, saying, "You weren't here that long. You know, why don't you give them a break? It's real busy tonight." Blah blah blah. So, <clears throat> in the end, I felt kind of bad. But when they came back in, they came in two weeks. I mean, two days ago. I had an expectation, which I shouldn't have had. I'm like, oh, not these people again. And don't you know, the first thing they did was apologize. Or one of the people apologized to me. The one that was quintessentially acting like a bad patron. And they apologized profusely. And I just, oh, and then once I accepted it, I said, fine. And let it go, and let it go, and I just let it go by. But I should have, I should have done that anyway. Just let it go because I shouldn't have had that expectation. And it turned out that expectation was a wasted energy. I should have just sat there and go, "Hey, how are you guys doing today?" That's it. But when they led with an apology, I mean that alleviated that consternation I had about them coming in. And it's hard to do. It really is hard to do. I understand. I'm not a hypocrite. That someone you always have a, an experience with or an encounter with, and it's in certain situations you expect that encounter again. It's almost Pavlovian in the response. You, uh, the famous experiment by a Russian researcher, uh, where they would ring a bell and, f- and food would appear for the dog. So. Um, and he acclimatized or habitualized the dog to every time it heard a bell ring, it expected food. And then without even being presented food and just ringing the bell, the dog would start salivating. So that's how, obviously, you probably, a lot of people have heard this before. So we get habitualized by these things. And you get that from experience. You don't need a doctor to tell you that. You know, every time you see a person, people will say bad or energy. 
there's bad energy, bad karma, bad this, bad that, bad luck. <clears throat> yeah, part of it could be that person. But it, most of that comes from inside us. And when we have that expectation, we, a lot of times we fulfill that expectation. Like your expectation is that when you're going to work, it's going to be busy and it's going to be miserable. You don't know anything about if you really concentrate on it. The real happy people, at least in this industry in particular, are point about would be, and I can't speak about the health industry, even though I work part-time in the health industry. I know people have a consternation before they start exercising. It's going to be rough. And afterwards, they feel a sense of, of accomplishment. When it comes when it comes in a restaurant, what I start thinking when I walk in, I wonder who I'm going to meet. And if I meet the regular people, I wonder how we're going to interact. I wonder how the day is and stuff like that. So anybody, I can make it a task of mine, even if I'm surrounded by just regulars and they're not always happy. And you're going to hear the same thing from them all the time. You can have a different encounter and a different experience. And you could decide to... Make them feel good about themselves or try to. I mean, that's just the efforts that you make. There's an older regular that comes in. He's kind of quirky. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's a flat earther. I may have spoken about that. I did speak about it several weeks ago or several shows ago. And we get in discussions on Facebooks. On Facebooks. I sound like an older person on Facebook. And he put out something where he was calling out the description of a weapon after a mass shooting event. And it was the name of the weapon, not the capabilities of the weapon he was arguing about. And I was making a light light metaphor, tomato, tomato, spelling tomato with an O at the end and smelling tomato with an O-E at the end and potato, potato because there was you know tomato, tomato, potato, potato whatever you want to call it it is what it is and he didn't quite get that and then he uh, said something like Earth the gym and I said to him after that and I said okay first of all I was making a metaphor that you're it's a you know a semi-automatic is a semi-automatic or an automatic is an automatic what do you call it doesn't really change the scope of the argument. And then I said, on any, another hand, oh, how can you say Earth to Jim? Because you only believe, you believe in a flat Earth and there's nothing else. So what is Earth calling? What are they calling to? I'm already here. So there's not another place. And that just shut down. And then there's a bunch of people that agreed with the guy. Um, because they don't like the idea of how, you know, smarty pants people come out and say this stuff. And they may not, they have their canned arguments. And there's people, there's people of my ilk that like a hearty debate with facts and new ideas and things like that. And here I am saying I'm trash talking and stuff like that. But the point I'm getting at is that even though we have our disagreements, I see them. And I tell him in the end, I said, it really doesn't matter what you, I mean, what we think of those things is how we treat each other. And he said, you know how you're going to be treated here, right? You know how, if you don't trust that you'll be treated well, you shouldn't even go to that place. 
I mean, sometimes you don't have a choice, do you? I mean, you have an expectation that when you go to the emergency room, you're going to be treated like shit. You're not going to be taken care of. Uh, you still got to go to the emergency room, right? Even though you you could be treated well and being taken care of. Sometimes maybe not, but having that expectation really doesn't help because you got to go there anyway. But when there's a choice, like a movie, I picked a movie, Sex in the City, one or two. The wife wanted to see Sex in the City. Sit on that. She that was a movie she wanted to go and see because it had been off HBO at the time, and I took her to it. And I started thinking this is going to be the worst thing I ever did in a movie theater. The worst thing, and it could have been. No, one was Last Days. There was a movie called Last Days of Disco. I actually got up and walked out, and. For a really bad movie, The Watcher with uh, Keanu Reeves and Marissa Tomei and James Spader, that was one years ago where we just stayed through the movie because it was so horribly bad. We couldn't, it was, it was, if you ever get the chance, hopefully you don't get to see any director's recuts. They should not be able to make a recut of something horrible like Heaven's Gate. Or any Paulie Shore movie, I guess. You know, director's cut. I just saw the director's cut of uh, Justice League. And it was four hours long. So I fast forwarded through two hours and 15 minutes of the movie. Just to make it manageable. To see it for an hour for it. And it was a little darker. Like a Christopher Nolan type Batman thing. But we're talking about expectations. So I'm going, when you're going into work. Me going into work, I have a tendency, when you go into, a lot of people go into their jobs, what they get, and the same thing in relationships and things like that, is they have an expectation. And if it's a negative expectation, they'll bring this energy in it that'll you know seep through your way you work. Try to go in there, it takes me a while. To, sometimes you go in there, people are already drinking. I don't drink now. Even if I was, I wouldn't be drinking. I shouldn't be drinking when I go into work for my shift. Towards the end, when I was drinking, I did do that. And that's a whole other story. But I know when I get rid of those expectations of negativity and, and just have no expectations or have expectations of something different happening, which isn't an expectation as much as the truth because something always happens differently. It's not the same thing. It's not like Groundhog Day. There's small things that even though people can come in and recite the same script. You could go and see Hamilton a hundred times. I guarantee you there'll be a hundred different things inside that Hamilton. The musical. The Lin-Manuel... Uh, whatever his name is, or Ortega, Lin-Manuel, Ortega, Ortega, Manuel, uh, Lin-Manuel, whatever his name is, the guy that came up with that. If you went to see the play, there would be uh, different people playing different roles, minor roles and stuff like that. You see someone coming in a little early, someone coming a little late, there may be a gap in the music, there could be a, a misstep, but it's always something different. And you can rejoice in that. It's exciting. 
It's exciting looking for the differences and finding how you deal with it. It's exciting trying to find your motivation on a day that you have no motivation. And today was a case in point. It's we're in the middle of busy season, and this is myself speaking. And I was tired. I came home from work, can't go to sleep right away. And I'm going to sleep at like quarter of 12, which is not late for a restaurant. But when you wake up at 6 in the morning, that's pretty, pretty late. And especially when you value sleep. There's people, when you're younger, it's so easy to go without sleep. And when I don't get my six hours, I feel it. I feel kind of worn out rusk. Husk. Just empty. Lethargic. Limp. Sounds like an erectile dysfunction commercial, like I have a limp penis or something like that. But no. I feel like that, and I know it's hard for me to get started, get motivated, get moving. But I got up, went to the supermarket. I'm not talking about defeat. Um, I'm not talking about my great success because then after I did my shopping today, after my girls went, to, my wife dropped my daughter off at school and she went to the gym and stuff like that. I came back home and I rested and started watching some Stephen King series, uh, November 22nd, 1963. And... I realized I got to get moving. I got shit I got to do. And I don't even, things I don't want to do. I got to go and do some kind of prerequisite for my part-time job. I got to go in and do that. And then I got to work out a little. Because I know I'm going to feel better. And then I'm going to pick something I love to do. I love to pick up my daughter from school. And then cook dinner. And I realized tonight I'll get some sleep. I didn't get sleep last night. I'll get sleep tonight. I'll go to bed at a decent hour. Trying to get seven hours. It's an exciting day. And in a way, I look at it and say, you know, I'll just get stuff done today. And I'll do a podcast. I was thinking about skipping doing a podcast. There was a thread on, once again, I was almost saying on the Facebooks. No, on Facebook, on a podcasting group. Someone asked how many episodes you had. And I put down 412. This will be episode 413. And they said it's quite an accomplishment. You know, there's really, you know, just the magnet. And I said, well, there was a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of sound quality and content problems I have. But they said, you know, that you just, you know, that's quite an accomplishment that you did that many. And I, I thank them. And I do appreciate when people appreciate what I do. It may not, they may not appreciate the content or the sentimentalities or the overall approach of the Keys Bartender podcast. But being able to appreciate your work, that's a nice thing. You should be able to do that too. I do this for you, but I also do it for myself. It's almost like a diary, isn't it? That's this thing. It, it gives me an idea of what I can talk about. Oh, so that's how I get in that positive attitude. I try to think that way, and I got moving to it. Okay, one story. And it is a doozy. When I, uh, it doesn't, it's not, doesn't fit with the explicit content or anything like that. But this past Friday, I'm at the gym. Bear with me. It's a story. So I do my normal workout. I took my daughter with me. She was in the middle of spring break. I, I had, we worked out for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I had to do some 
administrative work. I'm also a part-time employee there. And I went into an office to use the desktop. And I did the thing I had to do, blah, 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 blah. And then left. Now, as I was leaving, I realized, oh, my God, I left my keys on the desk. Why would I leave the keys on the desk? I never take the keys out of my pocket and put it on the desk. I normally leave them on a hook, but they were off the hook already. So I imagine they were the ones on the desk. They had the key fob, and they had my gym tag where you, you know, scan the gym tag in there whenever you go in. So I get home. My daughter opens the door with her key, which is crucial to the story. I take my keys, put them on a hook, and then I go into my bedroom, and I go to change. Now, by the time I'm walking from putting the keys on the hook and going to the bedroom, I go, oh, I still got the keys in the pocket. I must not put them on a hook. So I took them off from the thing and hung them up on a hook without even looking to see that there's another set on a hook. Now you're going to get the drift, right? So that's a Friday. So the whole weekend goes on, and then Sunday night, now you work, I'm a bartender, I work all, all weekend. Sunday night I come home, it's late, it's a little after 11, I'm sitting down having a snack, talking to my wife, and she comes over to me with a handful of keys and goes, whose keys are these? And I look at them and it's the kind of key fob that she has, and I had recently purchased two new ones, so... I knew there were extra key fobs, and I go, I don't know what these keys are. Why did Sky, my daughter, put keys on the key fob? I just, immediately, my my conclusion went to the someone made up a keychain, and they gave it. She wanted to, you know, she's 14 years old. She's not even driving yet. We didn't even t- start taking her in the parking lot. She did start doing that parking lot driving, but not not a lot. So she goes, No, that's not hers. And look at it; it's someone else's. It has a gym tag on it. Sky has hers. And then my wife relates to me a story. She goes, you know, on Saturday, the previous day, she's in a coffee shop with her daughter and some friends. And they run into a coworker of mine from the gym who's in front of them in line getting coffee. And she goes, oh, you're going to work out, blah, 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 blah. And he says, I lost my keys. I don't know where they are. We're going back to look for them at the gym. It's The coffee shop was around the corner from the gym. And she's telling the story. And she's saying the person's name. And I think there's two people by that name. There's someone I work with and someone that works out there. And I was thinking of the person who works out there. And I said, I didn't take the keys because I got in the car. and I, had no, I didn't have the wrong set of keys. And then she says the, mat, she said the person's name that I work with. And then I said, oh, I was in that office and I must have picked up his keys. Now, I could have went. I could have taken the keys and dropped them off at the gym, put them someplace innocuous and just have them find them. Right? The coward's way. The coward's way. Well, whatever. You know, I'm devious. I'm fucking devious. But the first thing I did in my head, I was like, I got to give him a call. I gave him a, I gave him a text because I didn't want to wake him up. He was sleeping. It's after 11. So I text him. I said, Matt, I'm so sorry. I have your keys. It goes back and forth. He asked for the whole explanation. And Abby goes, how did you not know these keys were in your pocket? I said, well, first of all, I did not know they were in your co- pocket. When, whenever I took keys out of my pocket, they were the right keys I needed to use. Right? 
And then when I hung it up, I hung up the right one that doesn't work. And that's what happened. And then I never looked again. And then when I saw an extra set of keys up there, I thought it was my wife's keys. So I called him up, told him that stuff, and I ended up driving, um, picking him up the next day, yesterday morning, and taking him to work and giving him his keys and apologizing profusely. Yeah. Yep, that was me. And I can think, wow, how angry could this guy be? His car was there all weekend. And he was so nice about it. And uh, matter of fact, I, I got to make it up to him. I got to got to do something for him and his girlfriend. But he's a nice young fellow. But we were able to make lemons out of lemonade. And you'll see that because there's a commercial now that where they do shit like that. Where they do shit like that. They use it directly. Lemons out of lemonade. Old, old commercials. I always had a problem. Old commercial. No, it's a new commercial. But that saying, making lemons out, making lemonade, making lemons out of lemonade, that'd be fucking amazing. Making, well, life gives you lemon, lemons, you make lemonade. I don't know what it is. I, I could say neg- something negative about myself. Say it's dyslexia. But dyslexia kind of helps you sometimes, doesn't it? Makes you think differently. And that gives you an advantage sometimes. Well, folks, I want to thank you for listening. I want you to have a great day. Uh, whatever you're going to go and do, do it positively. And if you're in Key Largo, come to Mile Marker 102 where the Catch Restaurant is. Catch Restaurant and Bar. We have a full bar. We're open Monday through Sunday. No, every day of the week for lunch and dinner. Monday through Friday, I have happy hour 3.30, 6.30 with great food and drink uh, specials. And they have food specials every afternoon and every evening. And if you have your own catch, bring it to the catch and they'll cook it up the way you want. And if you come there, tell them the Keys bartender sent you. Also, if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Send me a message and all that stuff. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. All my friends from all over, all over the United States, some different places in in the world. It's interesting. We have the Czech Republic, the Slovak Republic. We have the Philippines. We have India, uh, Germany, Switzerland, France, obviously the United States. Bayville, New Jersey. Uh, I like all my friends that are regular listeners. And uh, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back probably tomorrow. Thank you and have a great day. Bye.